Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding after abuse. This podcast is meant to be a supplement and not a replacement for trauma-informed, abuse-informed therapy. Today, I would like to share with you a couple of um, opportunities that are coming up, but even if you're not listening in real time, these resources will be available to you at a later date. Simply go to heatherelizabeth.org and check the menu tab across the top of my um, website and you will have access to these events um, for the long haul. So first off, I wanted to share with you the opportunity to attend the Safer Spaces Summit. This is in real time, March 25 through 26. And I want to strongly encourage you to go ahead and register. There's a lot that goes into preparing for an event like this. And we need to have a good idea of how many are planning to attend. So this is going to be a two-day event, March 25 through 26, that will help us to understand the reality of abuse that is happening within faith communities. We're going to share stats, survivor stories, and solutions for addressing faith, uh, for addressing abuse within faith communities. We have an incredible lineup. All of these people have been guests on my podcast in the past. And they are now coming to talk to you about this very specific area of concern. So Gretchen Baskerville will be there with us to talk about the life-saving divorce. Cindy Burrell will be there to discuss the things that we need to understand as we are walking with survivors and um, abusers. Rebecca Davis will be there to help us untwist scriptures that especially have been used to um, enable abuse to continue and weaponizing God's word against survivors, those who have been victimized um, within the church. I'm going to be there sharing um, several sessions, actually, and some of that is to be determined, but one session I know is going to be all about resources, 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 and another session is going to be about the things that we say that harm or heal. Joy Brown Forrest will be there talking about trauma and the effects of the the effects on our physical body when we endure long-term abuse and trauma. Uh, Clara Hinton will be with us sharing just some thoughts, especially for pastor's wives. As a an ex-wife of a pastor who was also a pedophile, um, Clara has been through a lot in her lifetime, and she understands that a lot of pastor's wives are living with one man behind closed doors and another man in a public platform. And so um, Clara is just an amazing woman of God. If you're not familiar with the podcast that she and her son, Jimmy, have, I encourage you to check it out. It's at jimmyhinton.org, and it's the Speak Out on Sex Abuse podcast. I listen to it every single week. Dale and Faith Ingram will be joining us and talking about how we protect our churches from sexual predators within the church. Sarah McDougall will actually be kicking off our time together and discussing at greater lengths the 13 patterns and systems of abuse. I have shared that on a podcast and I have shared that in a blog post and Sarah is the one that kind of created this list and she's just an incredible resource for us. Neil Shorey will be talking about safety and how um, we need to create an environment of safety for people, especially within faith communities. And Patrick Weaver will be discussing specifically how do we address abusers. 
this is something that is not being dealt with in most churches. I cannot say all, but I can say most churches do not have a strong stand. And as I've been in dialogue with different women um, through my experience, what I find is that usually when a woman says that her pastor supports her, it is usually a woman who either attends church without her husband, her abuser, or it's a woman who goes to a different church after the separation or the divorce. Very rarely does a pastor ask a man or an abuser to leave his church to protect the wife and kids. It's a very rare thing. But Patrick and Jimmy Hinton and Dale and Faith, like these people, um, even Sarah, they have some pretty strong data and they have some very strong experiences themselves personally and implementing policies and procedures to protect victims of abuse and to protect you know the wives and the children so that they can feel safe coming on a Sunday morning. So we're going to be discussing all of this and so much more. I will be interviewing each person before they do their session, and it'll be about 12 hours of content. So please go to heatherelizabeth.org and click on the summit tab and get registered. Um, events of this caliber do have expenses, and so we do need to charge for this event. And you're helping to um, pay for the IT cost. You're helping to pay for speaker fees and just making this a resource that will be available um, down the road to help many people. I'm excited because of the ones who are registered so far, quite a few of them are actually counselors. So this would be an incredible way for counselors to just increase their list of resources and understanding about domestic violence, especially, especially within um, faith communities. Another thing that we just kicked off this week, and it's not too late to join us. Ladies, you are welcome to join us at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. And within that group, we have started a smaller group, and I am focusing on teaching boundaries as a group coaching experience. So this first round will be 12 weeks, but future rounds will be um, six weeks. And during this time together, we are going to discuss all kinds of things revolving around the topic of boundaries. So for anyone who's familiar with the spoon theory, I will probably be doing a more extensive podcast on this in the future. But the spoon theory was developed and created for those who are dealing with chronic illness, mental illness, trauma, etc. And it's a system that helps you visualize that you only have X amount of energy and resources in a day. And so we represent that by spoons. And if you give a spoon for one activity, then you don't have that spoon to give to another. So it really helps us to, first of all, think how many spoons am I operating with in a day? And for some, when you are at your very lowest and sickest, you may only have one or two spoons in a day. A healthy individual who is, you know, recovering, rebuilding, and not dealing with chronic pain and fatigue and brain fog and other other issues may have more like 15 to 20 spoons. But those of us who are rebuilding our lives after chronic illness are definitely dealing with a lot less. And it just helps us to give ourselves grace. I think it's really important for anyone who has never dealt with chronic illness or never dealt with mental illness or trauma or PTSD or CPTSD, I think it's really important for people to have compassion on others, even if you yourself have never experienced it. 
I have been told that I am lazy. I have been told that I am weak. Those things really do um, get to you, especially when you're, you know, you're believing so many other lies about yourself, that you're worthless, that you're not enough, that you're not pretty enough, that you're not smart enough, that you're not this enough, you're not whatever enough. And then to have people come on top of that while you are dealing with physical limitations and tell you that you're weak and tell you that you are lazy, um, it is, it's devastating because most of us have so much within us that we want to do and so many dreams and visions and, and goals and our body simply cannot do it. So we begin to prioritize and learn um, how to work with the spoon system. So during our boundaries, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about healthy habits. We are going to discuss the power of um, the one word, no, and and just how that's an answer. Uh, going low to no contact. We're going to cover things like jade and gray rock and yellow rock. And just all kinds of really practical things for setting boundaries in relationships, setting boundaries with time management, and also setting boundaries with our finances. So um, you can click on the coaching tab or boundaries or something of that nature on my website and whatever current um, offering is available will be the one that pops up. So today I want to discuss something that I've been seeing come up in conversations, and I think it's a really important topic to tackle. And I I do hope that if you are a mother and you are struggling with being separated from your kids for whatever reason, uh, we are choosing to use the term DV by proxy. Um, If someone has come between you and your children, whether it is the father or other family members, or even your faith community, I have heard just absolutely heart-wrenching, heartbreaking, gut-wrenching stories. Those of us who are loving mothers, okay? So I'm not talking about mothers who are selfish. I'm not talking about mothers who are narcissistic. I'm not discussing mothers who are abusive. I'm talking about loving mothers who are not perfect, and yet we we love our kids, and we want to protect our kids, and we want to keep them from harm and danger, If you are that mama and something comes between you and your children, I can't think of another um, pain that is more brutal than that. For those of us who have chosen to um, have kids and be available to our children and make them our number one priority in ministry, um, a lot of mamas who are stay-at-home mothers and don't chase a career or um, a job, but but just really spend the time with the kiddos, and then all of a sudden they're ripped from your heart and your home. There's just not there's not words. I can't find words that describe that agony. And there is this concept of he can be a good husband. Sorry, let's say that again. He can be a good dad without being a good husband. And we're here today to really just blow that theory up and say that's an absolute myth. Because here is a quote by T. Markey. I'm not sure who that is. This was just a meme that I found several months ago. The way he treats you affects the mother they get. He is abusing your children when he abuses you. He is robbing them of their right to have a happy, healthy mommy. Let me read that again because 
this needs to sink in for someone. The way he treats you affects the mother they get. He is abusing your children when he abuses you. He is robbing them of the right to have a happy, healthy mommy. Think about that. So for anyone who would argue and say that a man can be a wretched husband but still be a good dad, I am here to challenge that and say that that's bull. That is absolute bull. Because when he disrespects you, when he is abusive towards you, when he says rude things to you and demeans you and affects you physically, emotionally, spiritually, sexually, financially, he abuses you in any or all of those ways, he is also abusing your children. I want to read to you a blog post that I wrote um, July 1st of 2021 and the title says dear friend if he hurts you he hurts your kids and this is just from my heart to the heart of any mom who is going through this right now all it took was a meme a simple combination of words and here I am weeping again domestic here's the quote domestic violence impacts the entire family children who witness domestic violence suffer the same long-term effects as children who experience it directly I did not know that 20 years ago. If I knew then what I know now, I've heard people say, he's not a good husband, but he's a good dad. No, a good dad is also a good husband. Domestic violence is so much more than broken bones and bruises. If a man puts his hands on his wife, the children will be affected. If a man threatens his children, sorry, if a man threatens his wife, the children will be affected. If a man spews hate-filled words at his wife, the children will be affected. If a man uses the word of God as a weapon against his wife, the children will be affected. If a man rapes his wife and treats her like a prostitute, the children will be affected. If a man withholds finances from his wife and denies that her basic needs be met, the children will be affected. If a man denies his wife and kids access to medical care, the children will be affected. If a man sabotages every holiday or special occasion, the children will be affected. If a man puts his fist through the wall or kicks down a door, the children will be affected. I could go on, but I am certain you get the picture. A man can do severe psychological damage to his children without ever laying a hand on them. My heart is breaking for mamas and children today. You may not see a way out, but there are so many who are finding safety and hope. And then I welcome ladies to join us at Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. In this group, I share hundreds of resources to help you on your healing journey. You are not alone. So I think for many of us, we um, stayed in situations that were not safe. And we're very abusive because we wanted to be able to keep our eyes and our ears on our children at all times. I know a lot of mamas get stuck um, and don't get to safety for that reason. And I understand that. I truly do. Because if in staying we get to be with our kids 24-7 and we don't have to drop them off in a potentially dangerous setting where we don't get to protect them, that is a reason that a lot of women stay. And so... Um, I just encourage you to continue talking to your counselor, your therapist, and domestic violence shelter, local law enforcement, and create a plan to protect you and your children. Then on March the 1st of this year, 2021, Patrick Weaver wrote (laughs) this piece on his page, and I want to read this to you all. 
because this is a man who is a survivor of childhood abuse. He watched his father do brutal things to his mother. And I think because it's a man speaking and a pastor speaking, it may hit a little differently, but I am so grateful for his voice. And when I shared this post, I wrote, I could weep. This is so true. A man cannot be a bad husband and a good dad. If he abuses mama, he abuses the kids. And this is from Patrick. When a woman, a nurturer, is abused, a whole generation will suffer. Abuse doesn't stop with the target. Abuse of a nurturer impacts her children. You can't abuse God's life source without abusing her children. You can't. Anytime a woman is abused mentally, emotionally, physically, or spiritually, her spirit is quenched. Her love is altered and her created purpose is demeaned and devalued in the most demonic way. Now just take a moment and say, I am so grateful that he does not pull any punches and he does not mince words and he does not soften. This is demonic. Trying to come between a mother and her children in any way is demonic. Children of abuse victims are exposed to demonic activity of the most corrupt kind. They witness helplessly the mind-altering corruption of intentional behavior that defies the will of God, the plan of God, and the word of God. And they are taught that love hurts, love is not patient, love is not kind, love dishonors others, love is self-seeking, love is easily angered, love delights in evil, love does not rejoice in truth, contrary to God's word. So he just took the converse of 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And he says, the opposite of training up a child in the way they should go, which is the verse from Proverbs 22, 6. He goes on to say, we Christians are quick to tell children. The Bible said, honor your father and your mother. And slow to tell parents that the Bible said, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. That's Ephesians 6, 4. Jesus said, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Matthew nineteen fourteen. Abuse of a child's mother hinders, hinders a child from coming to Jesus, from having a healthy relationship with their father God, and from seeing the love that Jesus has for the church. And he quotes Ephesians 5, 25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You cannot abuse a wife without abusing a child's understanding of Christ loves, how Christ loves the church. When you abuse a mother, you abuse the love of Jesus and you provoke your children. When you abuse a mother, you teach children that evil is acceptable from the people who love you. When you abuse, abandon, and trample... On a mother, her children will spend their adulthood recovering from their childhood. A mother being broken in her home is worse than a quote-unquote broken home. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Patrick, for putting words to this. Thank you for caring about mothers and children. Thank you for not being timid. Oh my goodness, not being timid about speaking the truth And I see so many women interacting on Patrick's page. I don't see as many men, and I do hope that that will turn in time because I believe that there are good and safe men out there. I believe they're out there. 
and they need to just find each other and thus gain some momentum and some courage and some camaraderie in this battle. So I just want to speak for a little bit to the mamas who are dealing with DV by proxy. Also, we previously referred to this as parental alienation, but for different reasons, we are trying to not use that term and talk about DV by proxy. So if you're not familiar with this concept, um, just using all kinds of abusive tactics, lying, manipulating, coercing to turn a child against their safe parent. So it's a tactic of the, the unsafe parent. It's a tactic of the abuser and it is horrendous. It is demonic. It is evil. So if you are that mother today, um, I just want to encourage you first and foremost to hold tightly to the one who sees all, hears all, and knows all. Cling desperately to him because his eyes are upon all things. His ears are, you know, bent towards you and towards the cries of your heart. He hears every prayer that you pray and you send up on behalf of your children. He, his word says that he collects our tears and bottles. And some of us have cried and cried, wept and prayed hours on end for protection for our children and especially that they would be protected from lies of the enemy and lies of human um, enemies. And a prayer that I pray often for um, these children of, of these mamas is, Father, open their eyes, unstop their ears, soften their hearts, and turn them back to their heavenly Father and to the heart of their loving mamas. That's a prayer that I encourage women to pray when they find themselves separated. The other thing I would say is to be you. Do not let these abusers change you and the way that you love your kids. Show up in the ways that you can. I know some are just completely cut off right now, but if you still have access to texting your kids and you can do that, just a couple times a week, tell them you're thinking of them and tell them you love them. If you are able to see them, it's important to uh, just treasure and cherish 15 minutes of peace. So if you have a good exchange that is short and brief, I know that you want hours and weeks on end with your kids, but if you get 15 minutes and it's peaceful and there's no major like upset, then that is a win and take it. And as time goes on and as the healing begins to flow, you'll be able to have longer periods of time. That's my hope and my prayer. Longer periods of time that are peaceful. Cherish um, the moments that you get. Um, I spend, I try to get together um, all three boys um, twice a month. Just with scheduling, that's as good as we can do. And sometimes we can't even do that. And then I try to see them one-on-one a couple of times a month as well. It doesn't always work out that way. Um, use the phone, you know, like I know that, oh, excuse me, waking up here. I know some people hate phone calls, but I need to hear their voices. Um, if you like the Skype or FaceTime or did I just say Skype? Nobody uses Skype. If you like to FaceTime or um, Marco Polo or Snapchat, whatever way that you um, can find to stay in touch with your kids. 
do the thing that you can do for your kids. So I'm in a season where financially I cannot do a whole lot for my kids and that really breaks my heart. There are so many things that I would want to be able to provide for my kids right now, my my young adult children, but financially just keeping um, my bills paid and food on the table here feeding them a couple times a month. That That's about all that I can do right now. But do what you can and don't let yourself feel bad about what you can't do. Give yourself grace. Those of us, especially that were stay-at-home mamas, we didn't have um, we didn't have a career to fall back on. We did not have the finances and the security to fall back on. And our kids, I think, for the most part, understand that. So just do what you can and don't apologize uh, for what you cannot do um, financially for your kids. I would say just find ways to keep things light and laugh. We have had some really incredible times of laughing. We've played some games and um, talked about, just talked about things that we once believed that we now don't. Detox, detox with your kids. Like, all the crazy things that we believed, um, those of us who were in these conservative, evangelical, fundamental churches, like we can have some really good dialogue and we can seriously laugh at the stupidity of some of the things that we believed, some of the things we were taught. And so we've had some, we've had some pretty good conversations that are also mixed in with just laughing our heads off because yeah. And apologize where you can for the things that you've done that were hurtful and harmful, but do not apologize for being human. Do not apologize for having emotions. Do not apologize for the things you cannot control. But if you know that you have done something that has harmed your child and hurt their spirit and made them feel um, small or made them feel um, unseen, those are the things we can own. And I've even gone to the point of saying, I am so sorry that I took you to toxic churches. You know, maybe I didn't have a clue that those churches were toxic at the time, but now I do. And so I've apologized for the years and years that I drug my poor kids to these places. Because if I had this to do all over again, I would not do that to them. My kids actually saw things long before I saw them. They had discernment into certain leaders And they called things out long before mommy could see it, which is just wild. So have the hard conversations. Um, Apologize for the things that you did that harmed your kids. But things like just being human and having emotions or taking a stand uh, for yourself, those do not need apologies. So I want to spend a little bit of time just praying So if you're comfortable listening to um, that, please listen and and stick with us. If if that is uncomfortable for you and you're just not in a place where you can handle, I completely respect that. We hold space for um, those who have been deeply wounded by the church, deeply wounded by God's, the misuse of God's word, deeply wounded by the misuse of prayer. And so if it is triggering for you to hear someone pray, then you, by all means, can just shut off the podcast before I begin praying. But if you um, are that mama right now who is separated from, alienated from, um, there's someone who has put a wedge between you and your kids, then um, I welcome you to just 
hang out here for a couple minutes while I pray. Dear Father, I thank you that we can um, approach your throne with confidence. We can come to you knowing that you hear us. We can come to you knowing that our prayers are not just going to bounce off of a wall or hit the ceiling and come back to us. But when we cry out, you promise that you listen. And so today I come to you on behalf of all the mothers that I know and any mother who may be listening today that I have not yet met. Any mother who is separated from her child emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, any mama who knows the agony of DV by proxy, of being um, a victim of lies and manipulation and coercion, God, we ask that you would contend with those who are trying to come between loving mothers and their children. Lord, please bring conviction to the hearts of any father or family member or church person or community member who is trying to separate a loving, caring, safe mother from her children. I pray, God, that the eyes of these kids, whether they are littles or preteen or teenage or adult, that these, the eyes of these, these children would be opened, that their ears would be unstopped, their hearts would be softened, and that you would turn them back to the hearts of their loving mamas and to the heart of you, their Heavenly Father. I ask God that they would not be um, controlled or manipulated or bribed. I pray that they would choose safety over convenience and accountability over a free-for-all, Lord, for the mamas especially of of preteens and teenagers who just do not want rules and don't want accountability and will choose the parent who gives them whatever they want and doesn't give them rules or accountability. Lord, help, help these young people know that their mothers have boundaries and have rules and and stipulations to protect them, to keep them safe and help them to want to be with the mamas who protect them. I pray, Lord, for happy memories. I pray for laughter. I pray for lightness. I pray for those mamas right now who are separated from their adult children. Lord, there are so many women right now that I know whose ex-husbands have turned their adult children against them, their grandchildren against them. Lord, the heartache of these women is, you can't find a word to describe it. It is, it is so brutal and it's so painful. So I ask that you comfort these women, you strengthen them, and that you would bring truth to light and that these children and grandchildren would choose to see the truth and that the truth would set them free. We thank you, Lord, that we are comforted knowing that you see all and you hear all and you know all and we don't have to prove anything to you. And we pray, Lord, for a more safe community, more safe people to stand around these women and to hold them up and support them on this journey. We pray for these children to desire um, to be surrounding themselves with good people and safe people and also pursuing healing And we speak against self-medication and um, compartmentalizing and dissociating, Lord. And they would have a desire while they are still young to deal with their hurt and their pain and their trauma so that they can move forward into their adult years and be healthy men and women. 
healthy husbands and wives, healthy fathers and mothers. God, we desire that for all of our children. So we pray, Lord, that you would help us to lead by example and that we would realize that um, one of the greatest gifts we can give our children is our healing and we would lead by example and we would do the hard work to pursue our healing and that they would choose to follow in that path. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, I do want to touch on that. Just briefly, ladies, um, one of the greatest gifts that we can give to our children is our healing. They can see who we were and where we were, and then they can see a year later and 10 years later the healing and the progression and the strengthening that happens because we are doing the hard work to get better. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to face the hard things. I've had women tell me, I just don't want to do counseling because it's hard work. And I agree. It is. I will not, I will not lie. But is it not also hard to carry this weight on your shoulders for the rest of your life and have it affect your physical health, your mental health, your spiritual well-being, your emotional health, and every single relationship? Yes, it's work. Yes, it's hard. But so is carrying the burden. I think about the huge sack that Santa Claus, you know, all the pictures we've seen of Santa Claus carrying on his back filled with toys. Think about that being your trauma and that being your past and that being all the lies you believe about yourself and that being all of the... Um, the experiences that you've walked through, all the words that have been hurled at you, okay, that bag is on our shoulders and we are carrying it unless we start to deal with it. And we can take out one thing at a time, one by one, unpack it, unload it, lay it at the feet of our therapist, lay it at the feet of Jesus, lay it at the feet of our friends, whoever, whatever, you know, thing is helping us to get healing. And that pack on our backs gets lighter and lighter and lighter. And even think about physically, we can start to stand up straight. When you have a big, heavy pack, even when I carry a backpack, that's only a couple pounds. Even when I carry that thing, it makes my posture even worse. And I hunch forward. It works on my back muscles and my neck muscles. That sack of trauma and abuse and all the things that have been spoken over us that were negative is weighing us down, pushing us forward. We are looking at the ground. We're not looking up. But we can unpack that, that pack one thing at a time and get rid of one burden and another burden and another burden. And our posture will change emotionally, mentally, physically. And our eyes will be lifted and our kids will see that. Our kids will see mama is getting better. Mama is laughing. Mama is happy. Mama is getting stuff done. Mama is not on the couch 24-7 like she was when mom and dad first separated. Like, they can see this. They can see this change. So we are doing this for our children, for our grandchildren, and untold generations that may come and may follow. And every battle that we are willing to fight can make it a little bit easier for the generations to come. So be encouraged today that you are not alone. Be encouraged that there are many women who are going through this right now with you. Um, that is both comforting and heartbreaking at the same time. We don't want anybody to experience this, but there's so much comfort in knowing that somebody gets it. 
come over to Held and Healed, jump into our community on Facebook, join in the conversations, the dialogues, the interactions. We have fun over there too. On Saturdays, we do Not So Serious Saturday and save up all of our silly memes all week long. And some women, that's the only time that they smile or they laugh all week long. And they tell me over and over again, I look forward to this all week long. Save up your silly memes and dump them and let's laugh together. We do a weekly wrap-up on Fridays where we share the ups and the downs of our week and what our plans are for the weekend. On Sundays, we share any blessings, big or small, that have come our way, whether rather whether whether something that we were able to do for somebody or something that someone did for us. And then all week long, all day long, we share posts that are life-giving, that are encouraging, equipping, and empowering. I connect you to resource after resource of men and women who are out there speaking on our behalf. And you will just be encouraged in this group. And then if you want to dig deeper, the coaching, the group coaching opportunities, even one-on-one coaching is available by request. And we are growing and learning and healing together. So you are so welcome to join us. So the website is heatherelizabeth.org. And the group in Facebook is Held and Healed, Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. Don't forget to go grab a ticket for the Safer Spaces Summit. And check out the links for group coaching as well. And my prayer is that you will feel held even as you are being healed. Blessings. Mm-hmm.